What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Social Sauce Podcast. I have a fantastic episode for you guys today. If you are someone that is wanting to get into the fashion industry, this episode is for you. I have Leon and Rachel from Plan B is a Sugar Daddy podcast. If you're not already listening to their podcast, you need to go listen. They talk all about fashion, all about their jobs. It's just, and it's just good girl talk. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, they're the type of podcast where you can just turn them on and you, like, they could talk literally about anything and I'm interested. (laughs) And so, which is like such a gift. Like, that is such a rare thing. And they have that. They're amazing. I'm obsessed with them. And this episode, we talk all about how they got into their jobs, um, advice for anyone wanting to get into into the industry. And one thing we talk a lot about is internships and what that looks like why they're important and i'm gonna give you guys a little bit of a sneak peek for all of the podcast listeners you guys are the homies we are actually opening our spring 2022 internship program um starting in january so um, we're gonna start taking resumes here soon if it's something that you think you'd be interested in go ahead and email your resume to resume and cover letter sorry to um, Bella at saucecreativeagency.com. Um, and then from there, we'll be conducting interviews to make sure we're all a good fit. So just to give you guys a little bit of a taste of what to even expect with it, I guess I just like dropped it. I'm like, go apply and you don't even know what it is. Um, so it's a little different from our last internships that we used to do. Um, I actually had our interns running the, the sauce account back in the day. Um, and then we ended up skipping fall semester just cause we've been restructuring so much here at sauce. And so, um, now we've really got our bearings. We know where we're headed and it's going to be so much fun. You'll be making lots of TikToks. You'll be, you know, having the opportunity to shadow photo shoots and learn what we're doing. We'll have a weekly call every Monday with Bella and myself where we will walk you through a whole curriculum of, you know, what we do here at sauce and like as a creative agency and what to expect in this industry. So, um, if I do say so myself, I think it sounds like a really fun internship. It's something I wish I could have done um, when I was, you know, in college or just getting out of college. So if you're interested in this world, that is an option. And I'll, I'll let you guys submit your resumes first. So um, without further ado, let's get into our episode. I also wanted to let you guys know, too, we do talk about starting a podcast. Um, I know that's something that a lot of people are interested in. So um, they share, you know, what inspired their podcast and how you can jump into yours as well. It's a lot more work than people think it's going to be, but it's so, once you're in it, it's so fun. It's so worth it. So um, you guys are going to love these girls. They're hilarious. They're charming. They're so smart. So without further ado, Rachel and Leon. Guys, I am so excited to be here with Leon and Rachel from Plan B is a Sugar Daddy podcast. Welcome, ladies. Thank you so much for having us. We're so excited. We shared offline. This is our first interview. So this is big. This is a checklist off our to do. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. I'm so honored to be honest that this is your first interview. I get to have this with you guys. Let's do it. I'm so excited. Not more excited than us, I promise. Oh, <laughs> excited or nervous? We've been stressed about this. We're like, oh man, what are we gonna say? I hope it's oh. worth value. Yeah, don't be nervous. You guys are so cool. Like, I'm so excited to jump into this because you guys have some of people's like dream jobs. Like, when like I I can't even count how many people I know that's like, I want to move to LA and work in fashion, and you guys are doing just that. You went to fit them, Rachel, like live in the dream. So I want to hear all about it, but let's get uh, back to your guys' roots. Where are you guys from? What was kind of your cultural upbringing? I want to hear it all. I'll go ahead and start. I, Leon, am from Texas originally. Um, I was born and not born. I was born in Connecticut, but I was brought up in Texas. Um, but my dad is from a country called Bangladesh, which if you're not familiar with that, it's in Asia, like right by India. Um, so 
he was full Bengali. He moved to the States when he was 18. My mom is from Iowa. So like literally the polar opposite lands. Um, but I grew up, you know, spending one summer in Bangladesh and the next in Iowa. So I grew up in a super diverse, you know, culture, I suppose. Um, I can speak Bengali fluently. So it's a day to day, definitely like a day to day part of my life. Um, but yeah, I went to college in Texas. I went to Texas tech and I then started working in the fashion industry in Dallas after I graduated. And I was there for two years doing sales in a showroom there for multi-line showroom. I was like a road warrior. I got in my car like two weeks out of the month and I just drove to every Bofunk town you know of in the South or don't know of probably in the South. Um, But yeah, and then I moved to LA in 2015 and I've been here ever since. That is so cool. So jealous. I always like When people are like, when they have parents that are from two separate cultures, I'm honestly so jealous because you get like, what a rich life. Like you were like alternating your summers and you're bilingual. Like that is seriously amazing. When I was young, I wouldn't have said that I loved it because I, you know, when you have FOMO of your friends, like I would Mm. leave for three months and all of my friends would like do all this stuff during the summer. And I was like, oh my God, everyone's going to forget about me. I'm not going to have any friends when I come home. Um, Obviously that wasn't the case. And now looking back, like I'm so, so eternally grateful for the opportunities I was able to have. Um, But back then I didn't feel that way. Oh yeah. No, that's such a good point. Now it's like, now you can look back. It's so cool. But like as a kid, yeah, that would be hard for sure. Yeah, definitely. Very cool. Well, Rachel, let's hear from you. Yeah. I was going to say, um, this is like, what's your fun fact when you're introducing yourself to a group, which is everyone's worst nightmare. (laughs) But similarly to Leon, I also was split between my parents, just not quite as unique as Leon. Um, but I grew up part-time in Las Vegas and then in Salt Lake city and bounced around a bunch. But, um, I mean, that's where I'm from. I can tell you what brought me to LA. My, my childhood is not quite as interesting as Leon's. I, I was just brought up in a normal household. I have a huge family, but that's kind of normal coming from Utah and people get excited about that in LA, but it's probably normal to all of your listeners. So totally. How many, how many siblings do you have? It depends how you count it. Um, at one point, I think I was one of 15, so yeah, it's pretty nuts. So I can give you the family tree after you won't remember it. My boyfriend is like terrified to me anymore of my siblings because oh it just never <laughs> sticks. But that's like the fun fact. Okay, well, let's talk about your job. So, you know, on this podcast, we're always talking to we're talking about, you know, our careers, building businesses. So anyone listening to this is, you know, wanting to build something cool. So you guys have some of people's dream jobs. I'd love to hear from each of you what your job is. And I'd love to kind of hear how you were able to get that job. Yeah. Yeah. I want to say it's so refreshing that you're like, oh, you have dream jobs. Cause I think Rachel and I can both agree that we're like, once you get in fashion and you're in it for a decade, you like are a bit jaded, you know, but yeah. <laughs> obviously we're in this industry because we love fashion. Um, but I started my career in Dallas. Like I said, after college, um, right after college, I got a job in retail at LF. If anyone knows that store, um, and I was working retail and it was, all I could think about was how I didn't want to work retail anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and I want I just any step out of retail and I would like drive 30 minutes to the store downtown. And there was um, like the Dallas World Trade Center building um, that I would pass every day. And it was one of those things of like, I knew that there was something going on in fashion in that building. I didn't quite know what it was, but every day I would pass it and I'd be like, oh, I'm going to get a job in this building. So I don't have to go to this retail job anymore. I know I'm going to get a job there. So I applied to, I think like 50 showrooms in that building, like multi-line showrooms. Cause those are one of the, the only things in Dallas are that or Neiman Marcus, or I think there's JC Penney too. Um, so I applied there and I got like three responses and I 
fell into working in sales in the fashion industry, but on the wholesale side. So anyone who doesn't know what that means, it's basically us like a Nordstrom's comes to us or like a person who works at a brand to get product to put into the Nordstrom's, but that can go to like specialty boutiques too. So if you live in a small town, like a little boutique also is coming to the same type of person to facilitate that for them. Um, so yeah, I did that in Dallas for two years and then I came to LA and kind of did the same thing for a different showroom here in LA. And then that led me to working corporately for a brand. Um, and in that brand, I still do kind of sales in that avenue too. So, I mean, luxuries, I guess, are we get to travel a lot of places. So my company's based in England. We get to go there, New York and like traveling for work. It sounds so lavish. I know. Yeah. And uh, trust me, like there's great dinners and there's a lot of fun, but at the end of the day, you're in a different city working in a different office. And like all of those luxuries aren't necessarily there every day. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's some fun moments. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I count my blessings every day to like be able to work in the industry. Like when I was young, if you told me that I would get to work in fashion in LA or New York, like I would just be so stoked. Um, so yeah, like the daily grinds, if you put that aside, it's a lot of schlepping, like literally you pack boxes, you unpack boxes, you steam clothes, you hang them and you talk all, all, all day long to people. Um, which is a lot of fun, but you know, super tiring at the same time. But yeah, that's kind of what I do. And I know Rachel have different stories, but we're kind of in the same feel in the fashion realm, but she can tell her side of it. It's a good reminder, right? To always like take a step back and reflect how badly we wanted to be here. And we talk about this all the time. Like 10 years ago, I would have given my left leg to be exactly where I'm at with my career. And in the moment, it's like the schlepping. Sometimes you're like, what? this is like the worst thing ever, but it it is a good reminder. I mean, both of us wanted to be fashion focused growing up. I missed, I went to FITM and in, in high school, I had so many sewing classes in Utah at Alta. And I was like, this is it. And I was saying this to Leon the other day, I never considered anything else. It was like going to FIDM or FIT in New York and you know, California was just closer than New York. But, um, when, you know, when I got to LA, I had like seven bucks in my pocket classic. And like the first day I landed, I, I went and had a bunch of job interviews and got hired same day at Juicy Couture and Rodeo, which I just thought like I made it, like I have done all of it. And that was a grind like retail is we've all done it. And it's funny in that juicy, and it was a little bit of desperation, we had this like rolled out sales club and I found myself being like the first person to meet the sales numbers and they were wild, you know, being on our day. And I remember thinking like, huh, maybe I'm really good at this. Like maybe I should continue checking into this. And so similarly, you know, I put together my little resume that I think was orange at the time. And I went to, yeah, I went to the fashion building website, the LA, the Cooper building in downtown LA and found a bunch of brands that I liked and just chopped my resume off, ended up getting somebody that like one person gave me a reply, went in for an interview and it was 10 minutes long. She looked at me, she said, okay, great. You know, can you start right now? And I was like, okay, yeah, just hungry, ready to go. And then from there, that was that was a corporate showroom and I was interning the VP of that showroom found interest in me. She switched to a different corporate brand. I followed her and, you know, I did, I did multi-line for a second, but corporate working corporate for a brand has always just spoken to me better. And I'm, I'm doing similar to Leon doing sales for, um, a brand in LA and it has its moments. I mean, 2019 Leon can attest. I was somewhere every other day. It was exhausting and it was all over. It's really glamorous cities, right? Like Paris, Miami, New York, but at the end of the day, it is just a different office in a different city eating takeout every day, which is fun. But day 11, you're bloated and you want to go home and like take a bath. So <laughs> there's highs and lows, but we definitely can take a moment and, and say, this is definitely our childhood dream. So it's, it's a day-to-day grind. No, well, I think it's so good to per, like put perspective on that because so often we're like glamorizing all of these jobs. And I, I think it's just the classic, like, okay, let's take social media. For example, you see someone else just like living your dream and like 
maybe we just see you guys jet setting off to New York or England or Paris for your, for work. And it looks amazing and it is at times, but then we don't always see, you know, like the real grind. And so that's what I think is like important to know when you're, you know, looking into what like route you want to go for your career is like, is that worth it? You know, like, are those like drawbacks? Is it still worth it? A lot of the time, yes. Sometimes no. And you want to experience that for yourself so you know whether it's worth it or not. So, I mean, from the outside looking in, it sounds dreamy. It sounds amazing. But I can see, you know, maybe, yeah, day 11, you're like, I just, I want a routine again. I can totally see that. So very cool. Well, again, lots of girls want to be working in fashion. What would be some advice that you would give to someone that would want to be where you guys are at now? Like if they're just starting in their career, like what would you tell them? I think Leon and I both agree on this. If you're just starting in your career and you're curious about fashion, right? That's like a blanket word, fashion intern, intern everywhere that somebody accepts you, offer your time for free, pass out your resume, connect, network. The number one thing that I learned at FITM, I mean, there's like a couple key nuggets that I took away, but one of them was you don't know, you won't know what you want to do until you know what you don't want to do. Mm. And a lot of the times, you know, it's just like life day by day will throw an opportunity in front of you. And when you're young and hungry and starving, you go after it, but it's really important to understand what the rest of your life will look like. And, you know, if you find yourself interning, make sure you're envious of your manager or higher ups position, because that's exactly where the road would take you. I love that. I actually haven't ever heard that. Like you should be envious of your, or like, yeah, like idolize that position above you. Cause that's, yeah, that's where you're headed. I think that's genius. I think also to try different things, like you might think that you really love social media and will be great at it, but for a brand, you know, if you wanted to work corporately for a brand and do that for them, but you need to try it and see, like, sometimes you think something from the outside is great and you do it and you're like, wow, this is not what I thought it would be. So any job you're trying to get in the fashion industry, whether you want to work on the brand team or the marketing team or for sales, like I would try as many different things that you can, because you will learn more what you don't want to do than what you want to do with all of those experiences. And your twenties are the time to do that. Like straight out of college for the next four years. Like it's not that you have experience anyway, and you're trying to get to the next salary to the next salary. Like you're going to get an entry-level position. And if you don't like it the first year, like move on to the next thing, because that's the only way you're going to know. And you won't get stuck in like a specific part of the industry. Cause that happens really easily too. Cause we're all going to work to also make a paycheck, you know? So like, once you get a taste of like the next step up and what you're going to make, like it's harder to get out. So I always say like in your early twenties, try as much as you can. Yes. I love that. And I think like, you know, people say that, but I feel like for a lot of people that don't know what they want to do, I don't know if it sinks in fully. You know what I mean? Like, I think we get in our heads that it's like, well, like everyone else has it all figured out. Like I should have a, you know, a job for a long time. And like, or if I want to apply for another job, like bouncing around, like doesn't look good, but like, I 100% agree with you. Like you have to jump around in your twenties and figure out what you like and what you don't like. It's almost like, when you're in college too, and you're trying to find a major and some people just stick with the major that they picked at the very beginning. Cause they're like, well, I'm this far in. It's like, you can change literally at any time and you should be, you know, I'm like, so I, I love that you said that. I'm envious of people who get to like, listen to things like this and know, like, you know, at least you have the knowledge behind the, to hear someone else talk about it. Cause I feel like podcasts weren't a thing when I was in college yeah. or in high school, you know, I just feel like I would, I mean, hopefully I would be listening and I would just have way more opportunity if I was a kid now than I feel like I did back then. I mean, everyone has their own path and you end up where you're supposed to be, you know, but Like it's a wealth of knowledge, knowing these things to hear from everyday people too. It's not like we're, you know, the rich and famous by any means, like we're just everyday people working and like giving you advice 10 years into our careers. Unsolicited advice too. I'll share one thing my pedo advisor said, and I think I've shared it on a past episode, but I thought it was so valuable when I was in 
high school, taking a bunch of sewing classes, finding like natural curiosity and fashion. My advisor asked me, do you want to work with making clothes or do you want to work with clothes after they're made? And that's of course like hyper-focused into fabric and like contemporary wear, whatever, be it continuing down that road. But it was a big question where you know, a lot of girls want to jump into design and there's some phenomenal designers, but there's also like so many different outlets where you can still be in the fashion world. So man, I, I fall back on interning. It's free, you're protected and it's fun by the way. And oftentimes you'll get like a swag bag when you're in college and you get like a bag of goodies. It's so exciting. Yeah. I was listening to the cutting room floor the other day too. And I think it was someone named Eugene was on the podcast and he was saying how people like fashion schools are giving out fashion design degrees a little bit like candy, like back in the day to get into Parsons, it was, I mean, they only accepted a certain amount of people and nobody else was invited in after that, but because of the project runways, because of the Hills and Laguna beach and all of those shows, everybody wanted to get into the fashion industry. And at the end of the day, being a fashion designer is like not easy. And like, you have to have a perspective and a vision and not everybody has that. Like there's only so many designers you can name off the tip of your tongue for a reason. Um, so I think that's important to note too. I think what your instructor said at FITM is genius because it's true. Like you need to ask yourself that question if you want to be making it or if you want to be working with it afterwards. Cause most of us, I think would say we want to work with it afterwards. And to that point too, like I, I always say this is awful, but if somebody asked me, you know, looking to get into college, would you suggest going to FITM? I, a lot of the time say no, because with fashion, yeah, to your point, Leon, you have to be such a go-getter. I remember being like in my college advisor, whatever meeting before I graduated and some girl in the hallway was bragging about, she just got a job at Forever 21 in retail. And I just looked at her and I was like, how, how will you even pay like tuition on that? Like, how can you graduate a fashion school? And so many girls do nothing with a FITM degree. I mean, LA, like 80%, 80%, 60% of LA is filled with fashion girls and boys that went to FITM. And it's so personally driven. Like you have to get after your career and motivate yourself in order to have any type of traction in this field. I agree with that. It's a very entrepreneurial space. And, but I think it's really cool to hear from you, like have having gone to fit them saying that too. Cause I think, I mean, it's so great to get that education and I envy that, but I think a lot of people also hold themselves back thinking like, Oh, I don't have that education. So maybe I can't go to LA and do it. Maybe I can do it, you know, in salt Lake or somewhere smaller, but like you can still make it anywhere in this industry without that. Yeah. That, that education, I think it's more about like experience. Oh, and fashion, especially, I feel like I've never been to an interview and them say, where did you go to school? What was your GPA? Like if you have a portfolio that is legit, like if you're going into the brand or design or any team like that, like that's all you need. You need your portfolio to be on point. And they're not going to ask you any questions beyond that. If you have the experience that they need. This is the last thing I'll say about FITM. Cause I, I, to your point, Leon would have killed to have this advice before I was 18 years old and yeah. signed up to move to LA and go to a fashion school. FITM is so incredible at giving you fast paced information about the industry. It's phenomenal. Couldn't have done, couldn't have done it without FITM as quick as I did. However, all of that information is learnable in internships. They just give it to you on like a three page document, right? So it's like taking that experience of people in the industry for 10 years and focusing it into two to four years. And that is just like phenomenal, but it's not impossible to do on your own. That's amazing. I think that's a really good point too. It's like sometimes, yeah, like we shouldn't cut out education. If you're wanting to speed up the process, it's still a great route. Like, and think of how much networking you did too. Like I did the fashion program here in Salt Lake and I met, that's how I, I mean, I knew Chloe from high school, but Chloe Bruder, um, was in there. And then, um, we met Lucy Hutchins, um, who's her best friend. And, it like the networking that happens in school is just unmatched. Like it's incredible. Honestly, I would say school is great for just that to like learn organization and to network totally. above anything else, in my opinion. 
Totally. Well, let's talk about internships. So, I mean, people are wanting these internships. Maybe someone's listening to this. They're like, okay, cool. Like next step, where do I get an internship? What would be your advice to finding fun internships or like really exciting internships that people could participate in? I hate that this is me being old and bitter, but internships aren't fun. They can be, and there can be fun moments of it, but at the same time, like it is a learning vehicle. I think just schlepping your resume out, like there's no easy way to do it. And you know, like we've all had internships where you're steaming. I mean, I had an internship to a trade show where I had to build like 275 racks and I couldn't feel my arms the next day, but it was like hands-on experience. I think it's just finding a hyper-focus or even a company that you enjoy and send your resume out as many times as possible, as cliche as it is. Rachel and I can attest working for brands. I, I mean, I need an intern right now. I'm sure you need an intern right now, but it's small teams usually at these, you know, brands that we work for and no one wants to put up the, Oh, we need an intern on LinkedIn or indeed, or wherever you put it up. People just don't have the time. So if you find a brand that you like, just send cold emails all day long and say, hi, this is what I do. This is what I want to be doing. This is what I could offer you. Can I be your intern? And nine times out of 10, you have a decent enough email and like, resume, like you're going to get the job. No, that's awesome. I mean, like, I think that's such great advice. Like, and that opens so many doors too, but I think it's good to have that perspective uh, that Rachel was giving with, you know, internships aren't always fun. So I don't mean that to sound bitter. (laughs) No, but that's awesome. If you can also offer a fun environment, but at the same time, like you are there for learning and you're working and it's not, like, like Leon and I always die. Like we had an intern <laughs> one time. I don't think she's listening. She like, and it's fine. It's an internship. It's learning. But she like had asked me to write down like every hot key shortcut for Excel on a piece of paper. And like, as fun as it is to learn at the same time, like we take our business really seriously. So it's like, if there are errors, you know, like I need an intern to be as excited and go getting, but also know like this is, this is a business at the end of the day. So you do have to have some sort of like seriousness to it, you know? That's so To piggyback off of that, if you do find an internship that you are like, this is interesting. The people who are working here are doing interesting things. Work your butt off because there are job opportunities post those internships, like an entry level position, being an assistant, being like a sample coordinator, something within the companies always come up if you do a good job, because it's hard, hard, hard to find good employees these days. And if you prove yourself while you're working for $10 an hour as an intern, like you will get that job over whoever else is hiring or whoever else is applying for the position at that time. That is such a good point. Like I think about some of my best hires and they came from in, like, they were my interns first, you know, it's like, you really get to prove yourself. And like, as like a business owner, I mean, if you're listening to this and you're, you're thinking about taking out interns, it's such a great way to see like, who's in it, you know, like who's really actually hungry for it and who's a good fit, you know, it's like dating for like the business world, you know, like you want to date your employees. I wish anybody that was hired, you could like, be like, I know people say, Oh, it's a three month trial run those are never, you know, a real thing I feel like, but like, really, if you have three months to see what this person's work ethic is, you're more likely to hire them if they do a good job for you. And if you don't, then it's like a, I dodged a bullet type of moment as a business owner. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think too, for like interns, like you guys were saying, it's like, there should be a sense of seriousness to it. Like there should be that hunger, that excitement, but like really try to like, how, like, if you are the intern, try to like show your worth. Like this is what you can bring to the table. This is how you can take the business to the next level. And that those are the ones that are going to stand out and get those jobs after. And in my opinion, some people might not agree with this, but be the first to be there and the last to leave and just put in your time because it's all about putting in the grind and the time and in your younger years in your twenties, like that is the time that you have to focus on your career. I had a personal motto. I don't think I've ever told you this Leon in college while I was interning and working full-time and going to school full-time. I had this like 
absolute without any question in my mind, 5% additional effort is more than the average person is putting in and you will succeed. That means showing up five minutes early, you know, getting the better parking spot. That means staying a little bit longer and getting a chance to talk to your professor. You know what I mean? I think like 5% is all it takes to stand out from a crowd. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's such great advice. I love that. And it's like, it's not a lot of extra effort for you. Like it's literally, yeah. Showing up five minutes earlier, just, and that like, also that like eases anxiety too. Like there's nothing worse than like totally. you're running late and you're like, I'm yeah. trying to prove myself. It's like, just be early, like just do those extra things. And it really does catapult you. It's crazy. The worst is when the intern walks in an hour late and they're like, I'm so sorry. I, my alarm didn't go off. Like that <gasps> doesn't cut it. <laughs> No, (laughs) no. And I think that's too, like, and I I think I say this on the podcast all the time. I'm probably exhausting my audience, but like, I just feel like in this day and age, we don't credit hard work enough. Like, I think like so many people and I get it, like we're exhausted, like exhausted. I, I get it. Like, I don't, I don't think we should be working ourselves to death, but like there is a, like a, a season of life where you should be grinding and like learning and, you know, make that immersive and like showing that you can do it. And it's not only like showing your, you know, potential employer that you can do it. It's also showing yourself you can do it, you know? And so I think like a lot of the time we're getting this messaging of like, oh, just like manifest it into existence, which I am like, don't get me wrong. I'm all about that. But there needs to be a combination of the two. There has to be that masculine side of it where you're like working and you're, you know, over like overperforming and like improving upon what you're already doing. So I'm so glad that you guys mentioned that because I just, I think that's just such an underrated thing these days, you know? What you said is so important. It is, it's a blend. Like you can't just manifest it. Everything in your life is going to come to fruition. Like there has to be hard work behind it. And like you said, like it's only for a season. If you work hard in this first season of your life, like later down the road, you're going to smooth sail and like be able to enjoy and like have the extra cash then to enjoy. You know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. Put in the work now and then enjoy, like reap the benefits later. And like, you don't have to like totally like hate your life right now. Like do those things that make you happy still. But like, yeah, I mean, there's nothing like hard work really does get you far if you like do it intentionally, you know? Cool. Okay. Well, this is all such good advice. Thank you guys so much. Um, I want to talk about your podcast now. So again, so many people want to start a podcast, right? And very little actually follow through. And you guys are here one year in officially as of what that was like this week, Last, right? this week. Yeah, I guess so. This week, one year ago. So exciting. Most people do not make it a year in. So like seriously, kudos. I love your guys' podcast. So let's talk about it. What inspired the podcast? Where did the name come from? I want to hear it all. Okay. I do want to, Leon can give you the name because it's genius if you really dive into it, but I think it's so funny. I remember maybe like a few months before our one year or even like one year prior to starting last year, um, Leon and I worked together. We were coworkers and she and I are both very entrepreneurial in the sense that we're always thinking of like business ideas and like, how could we make this better, this product better? Where is there a gap in the market? And I will never forget. I set a business. We set a business meeting together at like a Saturday at 10 a.m. And at this time in my life, I was like going a little rowdy on weekends. And I remember waking up feeling so sick, but I was like, if I don't commit now, I'll never commit. And like driving my butt over to Leon. And we sat there with like a pen and paper and just went down categories of like franchises, apps, you know, like services and just like went down a list of like, what is something we're good at? What is something we would enjoy? And then end all be all right. Like what's a paycheck that makes sense for us. Um, and Leon can give you the name, but I I'll never forget that because I've always gravitated towards Leon. We were coworkers and we like know each other's work ethics, but I was like, if I'm going to do something, it's going to be with Leon. (laughs) But to say off of that, that happened like two years, two years ago. And nothing came from that first meeting, honestly, for another year. And I mean, I think a lot of people will have this story of during the pandemic, when you've had a little bit of extra time, um, or a lot of bit of extra time that 
things that you put on the back burner really came to life. And that's what happened with us. It was like in October in like the midst of the pandemic, we were like, okay, now let's like really do something. And this was something that we didn't have to put like a bunch of money up front into. We Mm -hmm. could, you know, you just talk and walk through things. I will say we thought that it was going to be um, much simpler than what it ended up being. Um, We didn't think it would be as much time that we would put in. Um, But I think we can both agree, like the conversations we've been able to have with people are amazing. We both have become so much better friends because of it. And on a daily basis, like we're in a group chat, obviously all day, but like we get to throw out ideas 24 seven now on different things. Like, cause the podcast is our base, right. But there's so many different things that we want to do with the brand that we're creating and go into different avenues of whatever realm we decide. Um, but the podcast is always our home, our place you know, to talk through everything. And if you listen to the beginning episodes, like we didn't have a niche. We didn't know what we were doing. We like told drunk stories and it was not cute. Um, Um, Everyone has that though. (laughs) Don't listen to the first five. Don't do it. Start from the most recent down. We had to get it out of our system. And then finally we were like, okay, let's niche it down and something obviously that we're both interested in and work in is fashion. So we thought that there would be, you know, lots of conversation that we could have around that. And it's been great. We've interviewed so many entrepreneurs. Um, we've had just fun talks amongst each other. It's basically if you were, you know, saw something cute on Instagram that you wanted to buy, but you didn't know you had to check with a friend, you slide into their DMS. Like that's what Rachel and I are here to offer. Like we're having those conversations out loud and also giving you some inspiration with some people working in the industry as well. And to circle back on the name, because I actually think it's really genius and everyone goes through waves of the name, right? Because it's like something you're pushing all day long. And there's days where we're like, it's PTSD. Like, that's (laughs) all it is. Don't worry about it. But the name, when we were working together, we were, you know, in sales and that's a lot of like your own personal drive. And we had this joke at our office, like, okay, if you like hit the jackpot tomorrow, like, what would you buy? And we had all decided on like (laughs) Range Rovers. And I think at one time I was like, boobs in a Birkin. Like that's my two goals. And, and in LA it's like hilarious, but also like totally real, you know, like if your dreams fail, there's always a plan B, like a lot of girls, you know, like it's a business. So we were like, you know, we want to get after plan A and we work our butts off after plan A and we're going to give a platform and interview women that inspire us that are going after their plan A, but you know, there's always a plan B if things get crazy. So it's a joke, obviously, and so much respect to everyone (laughs) out there, but I think a genius now. And I think like so much of like the heart of this podcast is set with that undertone. Like we are all working to just work our butts off and get our dreams off the ground. So it's, it's been a fun journey even just like owning that. We went through a total journey with the name at first we were obsessed. And then when we had to say it out loud, we were like, Oh God, we made a bad decision. What have we done? But we had our logo and we did a photo shoot for our cover art and everything. And we were like, we're in too deep. And we lived in that for a little bit, but now I think it's so fun. And I love explaining to people why we chose the name and it's a conversation starter, honestly. And that's like what we wanted from the beginning. Um, so you have to dig a little bit deep into it, but at least it gets you talking. Oh, 100%. And honestly, like I love the name. Cause it's like, I feel like immediately I knew you guys were like my kind of girls. Cause it's like, yes, we're go-getters. We're working hard, but like we can joke about how like, yeah, well, if it doesn't How work out, we need sugar daddy. Like, yeah. I mean, like literally, doesn't every girl have this conversation? Like, every oh, girl. screw it. Like, well, maybe I'll just find myself a sugar daddy. I don't know. <laughs> literally, yes. And so I feel like the name is genius because you're attracting the right kind of audience. Like, you're attracting people that get you, right? And, like, if they don't get the name, then, like, it's fine. But, like, I think it's genius. Like, when... I first heard it. I literally was like, yes, I'm obsessed already. Like, and then to like, listen to the podcast, like, I love what you guys talk about. And I think like you mentioned before, it's like, okay, we had a hard time niching down, which I would argue most podcasts have that like phase. And I, 
we all get embarrassed about it. Right. And like, you always hear like your first podcast is your worst podcast. You know, it's only up from there. And it's like, but you need those like building blocks because people aren't used to, like you had mentioned before, it's like, you didn't realize it was going to take so much time. You didn't realize it was going to be like what it is. Right. It didn't seem as hard as it actually is. And so I think like giving yourself that grace, like if someone's listening to this and they want to start a podcast, like be okay with like, maybe your first five episodes aren't your best. Like we actually went through a phase where we kind of restructured the podcast before it was kind of just my podcast. And then I brought two of my employees onto it. And we like, at first it was supposed to be like this pop culture, like section of the podcast. Cause that's like a big piece of marketing and social media and all that. And it was so awkward. Like it just was so not it. And it was probably, yeah, four or five episodes that were like, no, like we are changing gears. And now we know exactly what we're talking about, but like, and the same thing go for business too, you know? So like, I'm so glad that you mentioned that and like made a point to say like, Hey, like it took a second for us to niche down because literally everyone has that face. So like, don't be embarrassed. (laughs) Our favorite quote that we say all the time, but it just like really resonates with us is, um, from dear media. I don't know if it was Michael or in one of the owners is release and self-correct. My God. I mean, we could have spent yes. years recording and we did. I mean, we recorded for about a month before we released anything partially because we didn't know how to, but still <laughs> it was great practice. And like, we've pivoted, you know, like you see what people respond to, you look at your stats, you see what the most downloaded is and you run from there. And I think that's like really refreshing to hear because a lot of us are perfectionists and it is really vulnerable to put something out there with your stamp on and your name, you know, and it's just, Hey, like every day we get better. Episode one is not a reflection of episode 50, which is crazy, you know, but it's, you know, what's episode hundred going to sound like. And that is also just so rewarding to see the growth. It's, it's something you kind of have to like relax and surrender into, but it's really such a rewarding process. Also fake it till you make it because when Rach and I first released, we put that we were exclusively on Spotify, but literally the only reason we said that was because we couldn't figure out how to be on Apple, but I will attest. We both had friends reach out and be like, Oh my God, you're only with Spotify. Wow. Like you're so legit. And it's like, no, literally fake it till you make it. You'll figure it out and take it one day at a time. I mean, I can't believe we're at episode 50 either. It's pretty wild. And like Rach just said, like where we'll be at a hundred versus now is I can't wait to see where it goes. Yeah. Well, if you're not evolving, right, you're dying. So it's like, I think too, like, okay, maybe episode one is so different from episode 50, but like, I still loved episode one. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's still like those, like those episodes or those like trials, like they serve their purpose. And like, maybe to you guys, you're like, ah, that wasn't it. Like, but like, as a listener, like you guys have that personality where like, you can just get it. Like I could listen to you guys for hours talking about anything. Like you guys are, you are like those rare people that I'm like, please just talk. But like, (laughs) I think we all like, like we see these phases and we look back and we're like, oh, it's so like, I'm so embarrassed by my first episode or my first post or my first product or whatever. And it's like, one, it served a purpose. And two, it might've actually been like the trend back then. But like, I even like, think about like, when you look at outfits, right. That you used to wear, like, and you're like, that was the outfit. And now you're like terrified. Like, but like back in the day, like it was cool. Like you, like it was the outfit. And so I think like, sometimes we forget that, you know, like we also had a rule podcast specific, which was helpful. And then I'll follow up with another hot tip, but we weren't allowed to say anything bad about how our voices sounded on a recording up to episode 10, because everyone hates I mean Mm -hmm. hates the sound of their voice and it's even worse when you're hearing it back there's not the same frequency I don't know it doesn't sound the same what I hear in my head so we had this rule of like until we were comfortable with the way we sounded we just wouldn't say anything negative about each other or ourselves obviously I mean we would never say negative about each other and then my second advice would be damn, I'm lucky to have a co-host you know what I mean because so many times just like pure I don't know, anxiety or like nervousness. I can lean into Leon and she can like pick me up. And hopefully there's times where she feels that I can be a support system and then bouncing ideas off each other. It's like 
a girlfriend therapy. Like it's just like talking to somebody who's going to answer you all day back. And it's, it's a so much fun to do this with a friend, but it's, there's a lot of support in having somebody next to you and going through the same journey with you. I mean, Rachel and I always say we probably wouldn't have gotten past maybe episode five if we didn't have each other. Like we both keep each other accountable. Like Rachel said, like we can lean on each other when the other, you know, if you go out of town and want to have a weekend or you're busy, we both have full-time jobs, you know, like this is our passion project, our side hustle. Um, so we can pick up each other's slack where needed because, you know, it's a full-time second job too, to be honest. Like people don't think that, but scheduling interviews, getting people on, trying to market yourself. It's a lot, lot of work, not, and we didn't expect it, but we've come to enjoy it. So I think that's why we've gotten as far as we have, and, you know, we'll get further and reach all of our goals. And I think we were really honest in our 50th episode too. Like what are your mark? We wanted when we first started, like we wrote down a list of goals that we wanted to happen. And quite honestly, not one of them, I don't think did. Um, but we, that's how naive we were. We thought it would be so much easier than it was. Um, but it makes us, you know, we're both hustlers and we have been since, you know, we were younger starting our careers. So we know we can put in the work and we'll make those goals happen hopefully a year from now. Yeah, no, I love that. And I think like, it's good to have that perspective. And I think like also podcasting is literally like the wild west. Everyone's like guessing. Right. And so it's like, we think, you know, we see other people just pop off immediately and we're like, Oh, like we can totally do that too. And you might, but like for some people, there's podcasts that I remember launching a couple of years ago that just popped off, you know? And it's like, you never know. I, I heard this, a TikToker said this and I kind of loved it, but it was like, her favorite quote was like, it's like popping popcorn. Everyone's start, like starting to pop off and like you see everyone else doing it like before you, but you don't know when it's your time to pop off. Right. And so it's like, keep doing it, stick at it. Like you are going to pop off. It's just a matter of time. And so I think that's like, it's, and it's different than any other industry. I feel like right now, cause you never know with podcasts, it's just so different, but I want to talk about you guys working together because I know working with friends can be like amazing or it can be not so amazing. So like, it sounds like for you guys, you have such a great dynamic. I would love to hear like, what are some like things that you guys do to nurture that dynamic, to make sure that you guys are on the same page, you're understanding each other and like avoiding that I guess, conflict that could happen. It's so funny. I heard an interview the other day of somebody saying like, never work with your friends. It's the worst decision ever. You'll only regret it. So far, it's been pretty phenomenal. I think, but Leon and I, our personalities work well together. I mean, we both hate confrontation. So that's probably going to be a learn lesson in future, but we just talk all day long, you know, and like, we're both very respectful of each other's opinions and schedules. I think that's probably like the biggest conflict is just time, right? You only have so much time in a day. And like Leona said, we have full-time jobs. Um, I don't know, like it's, it's been working really well. We see each other, you know, every couple of three days and we just, we have a good flow with one another, but we also knew that because we worked together as coworkers previously, you know, like it was a safe bet for us to make because we knew each other's work ethic. That's what I was going to say. We kind of dated, you know, when we got to work together corporately versus now, like we knew we could mesh. We've been friends ever since. Like I said, like when we stopped working together, obviously we were still friends, but we probably didn't talk as often as we used to, but this brought us together and we just had the previous dynamic of working together. I think that's really been the number one thing that's helped us. And like Rach said, just being respectful of each other. And yeah, you might have all day right now to do something, but maybe your business partner doesn't. And you have to respect that, especially when this isn't your full-time gig and just know you have to be patient and things will happen and they'll get around to it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. We haven't had any issues yet. I feel really lucky to say that because I've heard horror stories too, of people working, you know, friends working together and not working out. Um, but so far, so far, so good. So far, so good. Yeah. Yeah, You just have to pick the right person. Yeah. It's all about, yeah. And I think it's, I love that you said, like, we almost like 
dated each other in the workplace before? Cause you guys worked together for like before this. So you already knew what to kind of expect. Right. And so I think that's like such a good tip. Also being good at some things that the other person is not like, uh, we would never have a podcast up if I was in charge of like making things go live and into the ethernets. I, I, I don't know. I don't have the mental capacity. <laughs> no, that's actually but really- Rach is so good at that. <laughs> I'm okay at it. I mean, no, I get a spot, it. but it's you like, le- that's a good point. Like leaning into s- like, that's like anyone owning a business, like hire out what you're not good at. Like Leona and I compliment each other's skill sets really well. What I'm not good at, she's phenomenal. And I, you know, can get things by that she's not into. So no, she's not giving herself enough credit. It's definitely like, we just always trusted each other. Like we've worked together. I think that's it. You know, yeah. like we've worked together in a professional environment and been under some really hard things together. Like we've traveled all over. We've like been sleep deprived together. We've been dehydrated. Like we've done everything and seen each other at our worst before we decided to do this. And we knew it was just like an easy bet. Absolutely. Well, I think that's stellar advice. I seriously admire it so much. Um, okay. Like I said before, I've got a couple more questions, but this This question is geared towards, you know, again, that career oriented guy or gal. Um, What has been some of the best career advice you've gotten and why? Mm. Oh, that's a good question. Oh, I have a good one. This is like carried me throughout again, fit So there is some good learning lessons there if you're considering it. Um, one of the best career advices I ever received, and it's a bit backwards, so hang on through it, is never become good at something you don't want to do. Oh, I rule at this. <laughs> I suck at it, but I remember being told that in college, and I was like, that's dumb. Like, I consider myself a hard worker. That's like a lot of where my self-worth comes from internally. And I was like, I can do a little bit of everything, you know? And there's yeah. moments you find yourself in a career you know, knee deep in a project that you're just like crying inside, but you proved that you're okay at it and you can get it done. So I've always like leaned into that. Don't become good at something you don't want to do. That's so good. Like I've never heard anyone say that, but like, yeah, think about, think about it. Like, think about it. It, Like it takes a second, but yeah. Like if you like start becoming good at maybe, you know, like organizing the stock room and then everyone's like oh she's good at that we're just gonna keep her here and you'll never go into what you want to do that's genius I've never heard that before I love that I definitely second what Rachel said and my advice maybe is advice someone gave me but it's an action that they did towards me that really helped me and I think navigated my career for the positive and as working in retail, people say working in the restaurant industry, um, I think is crucial for anyone to be good at a career. I think that's so important. Um, I'm going to put a third one on there and that is making cold calls. If Mm -hmm. you can make cold calls and have the confidence to do it and over and over and over again, you will have the confidence to do anything. And when I started my first sales job, there was like a list of 200 people I was supposed to call to come to a Dallas market. And I had never made a cold call before. And I was like, Oh my God. And my boss was sitting right across from me. And I was like, what if I say something wrong like this? She's not, she's going to fire me. What's going to happen. And, but she like, sensed my nervous energy. And she said, look, I know making your first couple of calls can be so nerve wracking. So I'm going to step out of the room and let you have the next half hour in here just to get them all out of your system. And then I'll come back and like, don't even worry about me being here and hearing that was a game changer for me. And that now knowing, like knowing that that's how she thought me going into managing anybody else under me. Like I've always gone in with that perspective to like, you have to give people grace and let them figure it out and learn. And the first time will never be perfect. No time may never be perfect, but like you have to let them figure it out and not be so critical about what they're doing and micromanage because no one's going to blossom from micromanaging. I love that Leon. I'm inspired. (laughs) (laughs) That That is really like, that's such good advice, especially for like leaders or like business owners. Like 
Yeah. Everyone. And also you should give yourself grace too. You know, it's like, give yourself the grace of those first calls. Were they perfect? Who knows? Probably they were. Cause it's you, but like, you know, like maybe like you got to get those. It's like the episodes, right? It's like the podcast. You got to get those first few out of your system and then you get the hang of it. And I think, yeah, having grace for you and those around you, I think that's such great advice. Like we're all trying to figure this out. No one's going to go into the career world, like knowing it, how to do everything. You're always learning. So I love that. So Good managers are so important. They're rare. Mm-hmm. They are rare. Unfortunately, we need to change that. Everyone listening, become a manager, use this advice. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Okay. I have one last question and it typically is the hardest question I ask. What, if you could have one sauce for the rest of your life, what would you choose and why? This is so funny. We were talking about this. You mean like literal, like condiment, literal condiment. Yes. Oh, I love this question. I actually love this question. Yes. (laughs) Are you going to go first, Rachel? Can I have two? Because one's going to speak to Sam's heart and Leon, I'm sorry. You don't know what it is. Yes. What? You don't know what it is. What is it? Okay. Something. Okay. I have two. Okay. First one. Oh my God, Leon. I can't wait to get your butt to Utah. Cafe Rio <gasps> cilantro salad sauce oh, is yeah. my like entire heart. And Leon, you don't even have the joy of knowing what that is. There's one in Manhattan beach and it's an hour trip all in, but I will take you there or you're coming to Utah because it is so good. And I take everyone there the minute we land. That's my number one. Number two, just because it's dang good is Buffalo sauce. (laughs) Ooh, I always forget about Buffalo sauce. So good, but also cafe Rio dress. Like, oh my, like literally that's not even like, I don't want to like overhype it. There's no way to overhype it. There's no way to overhype it. I have to get to Utah. You guys literally drive or drive to Manhattan beach. It's not as good. Unfortunately. (gasps) Oh no. On many, on many tests and friends from Utah. It's not as good. It's you have to get to like the, the homeland. You got to get to the homeland, Kate. So not Manhattan Beach. You got to probably go to use like organic mayo yeah, instead of the I want real that, mayo. that dirty, dirty stuff. We love, yeah. We use real mayo here in Salt Lake. We're not. <laughs> <laughs> no vegan mayo. No. Yeah. Surprising. <laughs> right. <laughs> no. Great options. I concur with all of that. So good. Okay. Leon, it's your turn. Okay. I am like a sweet and sour type of girl. Um, I wish I wasn't, but I have the biggest sweet tooth of life. And that just goes on to any condiment that I like. Um, but I'm going to say Chick-fil-A Polynesian is probably my like end all be all favorite, but the McDonald's sweet and sour is also very, very tasty. Ooh, again, I always forget about sweet and sour. Sweet and sour is so good. Yeah, I feel like only people who like sweet stuff like a sweet and sour type of sauce. Because like, it's kind of weird. Are you telling me you don't eat Chick-fil-A sauce with your nuggets? Um, I, so usually (laughs) I'll have both, (laughs) but like, I don't use the Chick-fil-A sauce as much. Are you a double dipper? Oh yeah, for sure. You do a dunk dunk? Yeah, Bengali people love condiments and I really, really love condiments. I like, do too. Yeah, I wish I didn't. Do you know how many extra calories that adds to your food? It's so many, but wanna... I don't count those calories, so it's fine. It doesn't count. Do no. you have something really embarrassing? I have a whole drawer in my house full of Taco Bell sauce. <gasps> That's genius. I'll send you a picture. Just collect. Mild or hot? Oh my God, oh. you can't be left without one. Oh yeah. Taco Bell's like our, our dirty fast food love Rachel and I, we have what's your Taco Bell order. I got to hear it. Well, don't get too attached. They change the menu all the time. It's a nightmare. I hope it wasn't a Mexican pizza. Cause they don't got those anymore. They don't got that's my boyfriend's favorite. And mine used to be this like shredded, like it sounds gross, but it was so good. It was like a shredded chicken, like roll up burrito. A taquito? Like, no, it was like the dollar menu, like shredded chicken burrito. And oh my God, with a Baja blast, heaven, Ooh. heaven. Oh. I've had to make some pivots with those like Dorito taco shells. It's still not the same. 
Oh, mine's a hard shell taco and a burrito supreme with like extra sour cream. I know people Ooh. eat sour cream, but I really like sour cream. Oh no, sour it cream is controversial, delicious. but I like it. That's, no, that's so good. Classic. I haven't been to Taco Bell in forever, but they have like the seven layer burrito and like, ooh. This isn't helping my my bone broth cleanse this week, you guys. Oh no, I'm sorry. I'm soup so waiting for me. <laughs> I'm like, should I just start tomorrow? <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm proud of you. Wow. I could never. Very LA, Sam. <laughs> Honestly, we're really getting a good taste of it. I love it. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for joining me. This was so fun. Um, for anyone listening, where can they find you? You can find us on Instagram at plan B as a sugar daddy. We are on Twitter at fashions daddy. Um, we just started a newsletter, which I think is like, so I feel like every person says this who starts a newsletter, but I like am enjoying the newsletter so much. Yeah. Um, it's, it hasn't helped our shopping habits though. Cause obviously our, fa- our podcast is fashion focused. So we do a lot of, you know, online shopping for that. Um, and then we also have a Patreon that's in the works of coming. If you want to, you know, support your girls with $3 a month. Yes. Um, Yeah. And we'll be serving some good fashion tea on there. A little bit of bonus episodes. What else, Rach? We have merch, you know, hopefully we also have a podcast on Spotify and Apple. (laughs) Yes. And I'm not important. sure I did black. I don't know if you, if you said Instagram either, but all of which are just plan B is a sugar daddy on Apple and on the podcast app. Or, yeah. On Spotify. Um, yeah. That's where you can find us. It's all pretty straightforward. Once you find one platform, you'll find them all. That link tree will get you to everything. We love link tree. Love <laughs> it. I'm going to also link everything in the show notes. So anyone listening can have a direct link to you guys. Um, you guys go listen. It's seriously so good. If you like my podcast, you're going to love their podcast. I promise. So thank you guys again for joining me. This was so fun. I can't believe this was your first interview. Like we did it so good. I hope we did. Okay. Incredible. Seriously. I hope this was the sauce. This was the sauce. I was cheesy. I love it. Well, thank you guys so much. Um, and we'll talk again soon. Thank you, Sam.